while you're there. 19 verse 1. It says, After this I heard what sounded like the roar of a great multitude in heaven shouting. Remember the venue is heaven, right? Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. For true and just are his judgments. So that's very powerful because at that time, remember the Antichrist has been going around lying, right? Lying to people that, oh no, you see, the, the, the rule of God is not just and so forth. Winning people on his side with that kind of deception, right? It's about rulership. He has been ruling the earth, right? The Antichrist. So now rulership here, reign, reignship of the Lord being restored and they are asserting, affirming that his reign is just. His rulership is just. Again, we are talking about the day of the wedding of the Lamb. This is what we are reading here. And he says, the, the, the fall of Babylon comes before that. He says, for true and just are his judgments. He has condemned the great prostitutes who corrupted the earth by her adulteries. He has avenged on her the blood of his servants. So you see those who are persecuted and killed. So he's judging the idolatry and avenging the blood. Okay? And again they, sound, they shouted, Hallelujah. That's the second hallelujah right there. Hallelujah. If you're noticing. Hallelujah. The smoke from her goes up forever and ever. Meaning she's being judged. Okay? And I don't know whether... So, so this now, I don't want to say that... Because the, you know this is the lake of fire, right? Is what is being portrayed here. But I want to mention this to you. That judgment is already raging on the earth. That's why he's celebrating this. If you read chapter 18, you remember judgment is meted on Babylon, right? Let's move on with this. The smoke from her goes up forever and ever. Meaning for as long as the Lord lives, Right? Then it says, the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshipped God who was seated on the throne and they cried, Amen, Hallelujah. Then a voice came from the throne saying, Praise our God, all you his servants, you who fear him, both great and small. Look at that now. So now the elders come in and the living creatures come in now to prepare. To prepare you for now the wedding of the Lamb, right? After they have shouted, they come out now. The judgments have been mentioned. The judgment of the idolatry, with all her adulteries, the, fall, the false religion that happens in the Great Tribulation, and then also avenging the blood. The holy people who have been slaughtered. Are we still together? It's very clean and clear, right? After that, now the elders come up and the, and the four living creatures and prepare the way for the wedding of the Lamb. Okay? And that's why they say, verse 4, the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshipped God who was seated on the throne and they cried out, Amen, Hallelujah. Then a voice came from the throne saying, Praise our God, all you his servants, you who fear him, both great and small. Then verse 6, now you enter the events of the wedding of the Lamb. He says, Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters, and like loud peals of thunder shouting. Again, another hallelujah. Shouting hallelujah. Saying, For our Lord God Almighty, He reigns. 
Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. Why? For the day of the wedding of the Lamb has come. For the wedding of the Lamb of God has come. And bright and clean was given her to wear. Why do I say finest? In your Bible you see fine, right? You are seeing fine. I'm saying finest because I'm borrowing from the Spanish. From Espanol and Portuguese is better. They say, lino fino, lino fino is fine linen. But in Portuguese and Spanish, they say, lino finissimo, meaning the finest ever achievable. Hallelujah. That's why I'm raising it. I'm saying the finest, okay? The finest garments have been given to her she's wearing. So you see now the reason of the big celebration. Then it says, fine linen was given at wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. So then you see the things. Look at this now. You see, I, I don't want the misunderstanding that some of you may have. Sometimes, you know, when you talk to people here and there, you hear them discussing that, right? You meet them, you know, that, that's what you see there. They, they try to talk to you and say, are you preparing for the event? Yes, but if you hear them talking, you see they are not getting it right, right? Because over here, I have seen the vision. I've seen when they are raptured. I have described to you the garment they are wearing as they go up. They don't go up naked. So why do people always say, oh, so when we reach heaven, we'll be given? Not at all. I'm speaking from the visions of God. So this garment you prepared where? Here. But prosperity preachers want to evade that and avoid holiness and the pursuit of righteousness. And they say when we reach heaven, we'll be given. Not at all. Already Christ gave it to you gratis when he died on the cross and resurrected. Hallelujah. So it's up to you now to maintain and sustain the cleanliness and the spotlessness and the wrinklelessness of the garment. Sin manchas, sin arugas. In, uh, in Spanish, those tuned in globally in Latin America right now. Vestido de Dios, sin manchas, sin arruga. Without stain, without wrinkle. So let nobody lie to you because they are preaching prosperity and they want to get away with it. You know the way they take a scripture to fit their condition or to manipulate? I think that is crime against humanity, right? Because then you are leading a lot of people to hell. I have seen that vision. I have described this in every country. That I have even described the garment. I even talk about another cloth connecting from where? From the sleeve to the main body. Such so that when they lift their hands, it looks more like what? Wings, but they are not with wings. I've talked about the reunion with their families huh? yesterday here. Yesterday when I was standing here, it just dawned on me that when he showed me hands, people holding their children, he was transmitting the fact that reunion with your members of your families that died earlier will take place up here. <laughs> Hallelujah. And you will enter together. Those of you who are alive at that time and those who have died earlier. So it's amazing. I discovered it here yesterday when I was here. Hallelujah. The Lord just revealed to me that yesterday. Because I've been wondering that issue. Why did I see some people holding their children? Kumbi was talking about family reunion. Hallelujah. Now I understood it better. But the bottom line here, blessed people, is very important. Let nobody come around and lie to you and say, No, don't worry, that garment will be given when you get up there. Not at all. I have seen the church going up, the glorious church going up 
with the glorious garment. That's why I've always said there is the glorious body and the glorious garment. So therefore, that implies only one thing, that that garment is prepared where? Here on the earth. And it has which type of consequence? Eternal consequence. Because when they're coming back to Jerusalem, verse 14 of Revelation 19, they are wearing the same garment, which they prepared when they were on the earth. So in other words, let us just go ahead and preach righteousness and holiness and prepare God's people for eternity, right? Hallelujah. Let us not try to evade matters of righteousness because of preaching prosperity or being modern or so ever. Hallelujah. And so he's raising very powerful events here. And he's saying, finest linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. And then verse 9 he says, Then the angel said to me, Write this, Blessed are those who are invited into the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added that these are the true words of God. Okay now, I know that the matter, the matter of uh, the location, the position, uh, the, 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 the place, of the wedding supper of the Lamb, sometimes bothers you. I, okay, maybe I'm just talking to people who simply want to know how to be righteous and enter, right? Yeah, they've not gone to those technical discussions, right? Of saying, but where is the location of that wedding feast of the Lamb? You see, is it going to be in the, in the, on the earth, you know? Or is it going to be in heaven? You understand? So, so I know you are not into that kind of technicality and technical discourse, right? But it's good to share, right? Okay, I know you're just preparing for that, which is a good thing to do. But I'm saying the following. That if the wedding supper of the Lamb, if the new Jerusalem is going to be lowered down, I know I'm already throwing too many complicated things into the complex formula, right? But sometimes we need to understand these things well, right? We need to bring them to you step by step, right? So, if the new Jerusalem is going to be brought... Okay, let's leave that for now. Just imagine I didn't say that, right? <laughs> so now you're giving me a headache, you understand? <laughs> no, what I'm saying is this. If at all, the wedding feast of the Lamb is going to follow the Hebrew protocol... Okay, let me put it that way. Whereby now, that wedding feast takes place where? Takes place on the earth during the millennial state. Focus on me now. If at all that be the case, then there is a gathering in heaven also. So you still have a big meeting in heaven. You still got it right. You still got it right. Because this is the whole assembly. Because what you have in this picture here is now all the saints, all the, the, the redeemed, Beginning with the saints of the Old Testament, the New Testament raptured saints, you have the patriarchs, you have the prophets of the Lord, everybody, all and sundry. I said grandmaster. And then, they are now preparing for verse 11 on to come where? To Jerusalem. I, I, do you understand? So I thought I should just mention a bit of the wedding supper of the Lamb the wedding of the Lamb, that you may now go aware as I begin tonight's message. And so, so let's just handle the following. Uh, then he says, then, he, the, the angel, then the angel said, Blessed are those who are invited into the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, these are the true words of God. And again, so when are they being invited? 
if you meet your prosperity preachers, they might tell you, they will try to evade this again. They might tell you like they did the garment. No, no, we'll be given a garment up there. They might tell you, you'll be invited there for you to come down to Jerusalem. No, that invitation is happening right now. Right here. So you have no excuse for failing to prepare. That invitation into the wedding supper of the Lamb of God, the glorious Lamb of God is happening right now. Are we together? That is it now. The church has a role, right? And so, that's why you see later on, from verse 11, now they are coming to Jerusalem. So, I just want to finish the following regarding the wedding of the Lamb. Just a summary that I've given you. He said, blessed, the blessedness of God now changes, right? Now it's strictly based on invitation into the wedding supper of the Lamb. Can I put it better? That now your definition of blessedness in the church changes. Your biblical definition within biblical Christianity changes. Why? Because now you have begun to understand that you cannot just say you are blessed if you are going to fail to enter heaven. So blessedness is benchmarked on entry. That only that which will lead you to enter the eternal kingdom of God is now acceptable. Is now defined as blessedness. Right? It's redefined based on entry into the kingdom of God at the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he says, finest linen, bright and clean, was given out where? Fine linen symbolizes the exoneration from sin. Thank you for writing. Now I'm giving you something to take home. And finest linen, therefore, stands for innocence restored. Finest linen, white and clean, white and clean, bright and clean, white and clean, stands for the highest level of purity. We call it the heavenly purity. Are we together? The finest linen, white and clean, also stands for sinlessness, guiltlessness, innocence. And it does stand also for the righteousness of God. If you have time to read Philippians chapter 3, verses 8 and 10, you can append it there for yourself. So in other words, the Lord is saying the church should be pure, should become pure in her lifestyle here on the earth. And the Christian salvation of the blood and the cross of Jesus. So he's saying the fact that the church is called upon sin there, wearing that finest linen, bright and clean, it should instruct here. That therefore here, make sure that all your teachings about the cross and the blood, the kingdom of God, are correct. That they deliver the righteousness of God and the purity of God to the church. Because it's key. It's important to the Lord. Are we together? Hallelujah. And it also implies that the grace of, grace of Christ has executed its fullest efficacy, potential if you want, upon the believer. And hence, that grace of Christ has now imputed righteousness into the church. Meaning the grace is ministered to you, the gospel, 
And the gospel has now achieved its maximum objective inside you. And therefore the gospel has now imputed to you the righteousness of God. You are now being counted righteous in the order of God himself. Meaning you are now ready to enter that family. Hallelujah. This is serious about the wedding of the Lamb. I thought I should run through this just that you may go away, right? But he goes on to say that the white linen, bright and clean, is the heavenly purity that is required as visa or passport or for entry into the wedding feast of the Lamb. Hakuna uchafu huko? Hapana? Yeah, wedding feast of the Lamb requires that at the gate. Do you remember when the Father, you can give yourself a scripture by yourself. Matthew 22, right? The Father comes to check those invited for the feast. And he finds a man there wearing something as ultra robber. Another garment. And they immediately just removed him from there. Tie him foot and hands, throw him into the lake of fire. You can give yourself a scripture on that point, right? That you cannot be found wearing anything else. And that's why we are laboring on this travail, on this mission, that you may on that day be found wearing finest linen, white and clean, bright and clean, that you may have fullest access into the entire of the privileges laid before you by the grace of God. That you may enter into heaven, enter into the wedding feast of the Lamb, and enjoy all the rights of the citizens of heaven. Hallelujah. How do you walk with another cloth through that gate? And people are wearing white. It's not possible. The security will even throw you out, right? Hallelujah. He's saying the redeemed are now present as the bride of Christ. I'm, I'm going to present two scenarios here. So now, all the redeemed I've talked about as union from the prophets of the Bible to the patriarchs of Israel to the Old Testament saints to then now the New Testament saints, of course the church and so forth they are all together now. They represent the bride of Christ because that is the day of the wedding supper of the Lamb. Right? In other words, the union for all now. There's only one olive tree of God now, right? Now look at this now. So they are presented as a group, right? As a bride. But then, it's amazing that eventually along the way, you find that each Christian again is isolated out and invited individually. The invitation is individual. Be very careful. Say, oh, can you to? You know, as our group, you know, for us, we have already received the invitation. No, as an individual, alone. You may not enter with all the rest. So that is another caveat there, an appendix, right, that you need to capture. He's saying the redeemed are presented together as the bride of Christ, and they are clothed in the finest linen, white and clean, which represents the heavenly purity, Right? And holiness. I don't have time to read the scriptures. You have Revelation chapter 3 verse 4 and 5. You remember? Those in Sardis. The few that did not soil their garments. Right? 
they don't walk with a lamp. Hallelujah. And then Revelation chapter 7, 13, Revelation 3, 18, Philippians 3, 9, Revelation 19, 11, Revelation 19, 14, they are coming down with him wearing the same garment, right? So that garment is worn right here on the earth. Now that is the reality. Take home. Make sure you have that with you, blessed people. And so, Matthew 27 verse 4, I'm reading. Matthew chapter 27 verse 4, it says the following. Hallelujah. The Lord is coming. Matthew 27 verse 4, read it. I have sinned, he said, for I have betrayed innocent blood. I have sinned, for I have betrayed innocent blood. Luke 23:14. I will explain it together to you, okay? Are we still with me? I will explain it together. Luke 23, 14, it says the following. It says, once you're there, we're together. And say to them, I begin 13, Pilate called together the chief priests, the rulers and the people and he said to them you brought me this man as one who was inciting the people to rebellion I have examined him in your presence and found him to have no and found no basis for your charges against him in other words he is innocent Luke 23, 41, he says, We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. So that is, all those scriptures I've read, they represent the finest linen they are wearing in heaven. Okay? That is now, the imputed purity the Lord transmits to you. The innocence of the Lord now is transmitted to you. Hallelujah. That is what makes you innocent. Also now wearing the finest linen, bright and clean. And that imputation happens where? On the earth here. To the faithful. Very powerful, blessed people. Very serious right now. And so the Lord says that for our Lord God Almighty reigns, as we saw verse, uh, chapter 19, verses 6 to 9. In other words, he's saying that the rulership of God, the reign of God, the glorious reign of God is being announced in that scripture. 
that discusses the wedding of the Lamb. And it is fully demonstrated by the following. Number one, by the fact that he has now destroyed all the anti-Christian forces on the earth. Remember he destroyed the idolatry, the false religion that has been fighting the church? The Christians rather. That's what he did. We read it there. That your judgments are just, right? And then, so, so, he's announcing that the rulership of God has been established. And these are the benchmarks, the hallmarks is established. Number one, he has destroyed all the forces that were slaughtering, that were disturbing his people. The false religions. And then number two, avenging. The fact that all the saints are now gathered in one grand master reunion, right? Now he has triumphed, right? Establishing his rulership. So this is the picture, blessed people, of the wedding of the Lamb, the heavenly feast of the wedding of the Lamb. And the redeemed are presented there, symbolizing the bride of Christ, right? And their pure white garments represent exoneration, redemption, total redemption from sin, heavenly purity that they behold at that hour. And all that is prepared on the earth while you are walking here. And that's why the scripture that says, and he shall reward each person according to what they have done, it's right, that one. That is the product of that scripture. If you spent all your time as a Christian and you were just running around, then it would be a problem. Hallelujah. And I say the invitation is individual, right? So I think that puts us on a good footing to start um, to talk about again let me just go through what I've given you here. Yeah, the redeemed of the Old Testament, the New Testament, the prophets of the Lord, the apostles, the patriarchs of Israel, all together meet for the first time. Hallelujah. And God finally takes leadership and government and never to be left to another people again. That's why he says, for our Lord God Almighty reigns. That's why he's celebrating in verse 6, right? So the announcement of the supper is being made right there, right? So at that time, Jesus has raptured the church. All the angels with the Lord Jesus are celebrating his victory over Babylon, the false religion. All Testament saints plus patriarchs are finally joined in together there. And they are now ready to go down to the earth, right? Right? Because remember verse 11, they are going down the earth. 
As they go down the earth, what is about to happen? The beast is just about to be destroyed. Finally. Hallelujah. Isaiah 26 verse 9 he says, as I finish now. Isaiah 26 verse 9. The new people that came, did you run into something complicated or you were able to walk with us? You are able to walk with us slowly and understand that we are discussing eternity. And we are saying it's being prepared here and now. So thank you for accommodating us, understanding that we are right into the matter, right? But you have been here, so you saw the Genesis, right? Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Isaiah 26, 9. He says, my soul yearns for you in the night. And in the morning, my spirit longs for you. When your judgments come upon the earth, the people of the world learn righteousness. So the entire earth will now be righteous when they arrive. Hallelujah. Another thing we say that hits you when you read... Uh, the scripture on the coming of the Messiah is the imminency of his return, which we will take time eventually to look at ahead of us here. But right now I want to handle another scripture. Are we going to take a short break? Yes, we take a short break. When we come back, I now get started. Thank you. And with uh, attendant instructions, instruction for you to be able to prepare for that very powerful day that's coming up. Fill up the seats, bless the people, because time, hallelujah. And thank you for giving me an extra time today. That's very important. Really, that has blessed my heart. I did not know, look at just what I just covered now. I did not know how I was going to handle all this. I was saying, I, I jumped through some stuff or ran through but now you've given me time until 10 p.m. tonight. Yeah. Hallelujah. That's very powerful. Mama Teddy Patrick, I see you, my daughter. So the Lord bless you, bless the people, wherever you're seated, as we get started now. Give them pass so they get settled. Wheresoever they are, even those who are still outside, tell them we are going to go a little slower, such that, uh, you know, I have this tendency of emphasizing things and re-emphasizing, so they will miss nothing at all. They will for sure miss nothing. Hallelujah. Jesus is Lord. Amen. So all of you loving it here? How many times do you think we should be doing colloquium sessions if the Lord allows from my missions abroad? You're saying forever and ever? I didn't hear those words. You're saying based on your words? Frequently. Oh, thank you. So we should be able to the problem is that we have a very busy schedule after this. We are handling many nations out there, and then there's a lot of travel. And like as from tomorrow on, we start preparing now for India, and that will take a bit of time, right, to make sure we are fully prepared. And I need some time out also, normally to separate and um, prepare for the mission of the Lord. 
the Lord separates us for a bit of time. We'll be going to fasting also. And so forth. I think some people want to pass there. I don't know how he's going to make it unless JJ move forward first. Thank you. Slowly. Pole, pole. I think, Professor Amish, if you were told to sit behind there, your day would be over, your life would be over. <laughs> the way you have plowed through has <laughs> told it all, right? <laughs> Hallelujah, everybody in the house. Those who are still out there, not to panic, they just walk in as convenience allows, right? Okay, now, I want us. Professor Kachi is trying to get away to the place. She's going to have to plow through literally, right? Pole pole is the word, right? Hallelujah. Give them access. Thank you. Beautiful colloquium session right there on your screen, right? Hallelujah. So we are ready to go. People are coming in, but we will, as they come, there is no problem, right? Okay, now, I want us to continue on this journey to unveil the rapture of the church to you. Because we have seen that it is profitable to engage you on this venture, on this mission, that a lot has now come out which can be transmitted, consumables and deliverables at the same time, things you can consume, and then on for forward uh, transmission to your churches to prepare them better now. Now you have a bigger picture about the coming of the Messiah in the rapture that is not just about uh, that day and it's going to be like this, prepare like this, but the bigger picture that after that comes the Antichrist and before that comes the following, beyond that comes the following. So now they have greater gravity about the rapture of the church. Are we together? And you too do, right? Hallelujah. Only two people do? Yes, the whole earth does, right? Okay, so now I want us to continue on that journey then by looking at one other scripture that celebrates the rapture of the church. Turn with me to John chapter 14 right away. I know that you expected me probably to have gone to 1 Corinthians 15. We will cover them all, don't worry. Just give them access to those who are passing, slowly. <laughs> 